Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What matters most? What do we need to change? It's different for everyone. You're listening to Short Black with me, Sandra Sully. Good women, great chat. Today's guests are revolutionising the part-time workforce. In just three years, Beam Australia's contributed $13 million in incremental salaries to the Australian economy and more than $800,000 to women's superannuation. Well, Steph and Vic, welcome to Short Black. Thank you for coming in. Thanks, Thanks for so having much. us. Now, Beam Australia, what is it? Beam is essentially helping organisations to tap into the power of flexibility. We do that in two ways. The first way is we help generally larger organisations to implement more dynamic and flexible workforces. And then on the other hand, we help organisations to essentially tap into hidden talent pools of people who need to work in reduced hours within the week. Well, that sounds like gold. (laughs) These days, everyone's so short of time and there are so limited options. Mm. Now, you guys have pretty illustrious careers and then sort of hit a brick wall, joined forces, recognised a gap in the market and went for it. But this isn't just about women, is it? No, that's right. And it seems like a no-brainer when you say it like that. But in actual fact, it's really hard for people. But the people who are excluded, and you say it's not just for women, it's not just for mums either. Part-time has had a bad reputation. It does have a bad rap, doesn't it? Yeah, it's kind of got a bad brand. It's like a a mum who isn't serious about her career and who's actually just really tired and just trying to get to work each day and clock in and clock out when it couldn't be further from the truth. What is the truth? The truth is working mums are doing everything they possibly can to drive their career forward. So, yes, it takes more logistics and more organisation and so on, but that makes them more productive, more passionate, more loyal. And we see organisations actually reporting that it produces higher customer satisfaction and profitability as well. So the smart companies get it. But to answer your question as well, it's not just those mums and it's not just women. In fact, we've just recently announced a partnership with Matthew Pavlich and James Begley's Pickstar, which is this incredible community of professional and amateur athletes who need to work reduced hours. Obviously, their training schedules don't allow them to work in a full-time role, so they're missing out on career opportunities, dual career opportunities, to earn money but also set themselves up post-sport. Sometimes the best ideas are the most obvious. <laughs> so what I find remarkable is that the marketplace never saw the opportunity for a, a platform to connect clever, intelligent, driven people, men and women, who needed more flexibility. How do you convince business that they need to shift the paradigm and consider a more diverse model in the way they employ staff? This is really tricky and it's basically our job, right, Mm -hmm. is to help organisations think differently about the way that they get work done and then utilise Australia's workforce. So there's a lot of different levels. If you think about a small business, they're actually leaders in this because they don't think in terms of all of the structures of full-time equivalents and building an org chart with all the boxes on the page and 
40 hours a week, they just think about what do I need to get done Mm -hmm. and who's the person to get it done? When are they available? So these are the people who are winning the war for talent. For large organisations, they're in a real bind and this is where they actually need help. And, I mean, obviously Beam provides that and other companies do too, but to help break down those structures but also the um, the mindset amongst hiring managers who have always worked, you know, the 70-hour weeks and that's what a good team member looks like mm. and that's who's going to get promoted and that's who I'm going to hire next. Well, how do you go about changing their mindset? Well, we take an approach that needs to actually drive business results because at the end of the day it has to be a commercial decision for mm-hmm. organisations to actually make change. So you can look at all of the statistics around a more diverse leadership team will drive greater innovation and shareholder returns, right? You're not going to get women into leadership without offering part-time specifically. Flexibility. Put flexibility, it that way. but mm. even full-time flexible doesn't cut it because then you get people running around doing everything 24-7, as you said, they're you know, flexible to work 80 hours a week, right? Yeah, that doesn't help. Pe- yeah, and that yeah. doesn't help people who actually have other obligations so we actually need to restructure work. By that we mean if we say that this is a full-time, in inverted commas, role, which we know is 70 hours, not 40, then to cut it back to three days, for instance, we need to actually redesign the way that work gets done in that team and the way that we reach those outcomes. When we talk about the flexibility, mums always come to the fore and it's really a bad rap for mums because it's actually about parents It's also about men and women who need to be carers. Mm. There's a whole range of reasons why people want to opt out or find Mm. a new mix that works for them. Carers is an interesting one. One in eight Australians is looking after a sick or elderly loved one on average 13 hours a week, unpaid. And that's only going to increase because we have an ageing population and... A less than nuclear family. Yes, exactly. And, you know, they're going to need support. Also, people refer to the current, you know, our generation as the sandwich generation where we're looking after our parents, parents as well as our, our kids. And again, the pressures on time, on even availability of your mental, mental capacity to even look after all these people as well as complete a full-time job something has to give and ideally that's going to be work where people can rescope roles to allow people to work in the way that they need to sustainably. One of the great epiphanies for me in terms of permanent part-time work and it happened in our newsroom a long time ago we had a new head of sport who became a single dad. He had a personal epiphany about how he needed flexibility in his workspace And I had been banging on in the newsroom for some time about the need for permanent part-time positions. But the head of sport all of a sudden said, wow, I get it. Mm -hmm. And the very first permanent part-time position we had in our newsroom was a rugby league sports reporter who had become a mum. Now, you know, this was over 15 years ago. He made it work for her three days a week and the hours that worked for her. And we retained a fantastic rugby league sports reporter. Yeah, and, you know, what you pointed out there is that someone had a very personal experience to understand it. We find that in every conversation that we have where people who understand the challenge and the opportunity are typically those people who've felt it firsthand. That's where change happens because there's that personal experience and they want to change that for that person. It drives an outcome because they get it. And also that reporter, I mean, they've proven themselves. They were so good at their career. It didn't make sense to lose them. But I guess the challenge here is that often 
permanent part-time is earned within an organisation and not hired for. So that person had earned her stripes to get part-time, but would someone have taken her in permanent part-time? Maybe not. And so there's a challenge that um, for many people who haven't been afforded the opportunity to work part-time that they're locked out of the workforce because organisations aren't tapping into that talent who've been excluded from the workforce. Really, you are a brand new recruitment platform for the permanent part-time community. That's brand new. So how did that happen? Vic and I were both in these leadership roles, right? Vic was in the leadership team at Google, right? And I was at um, CEB, another global company. And for us managing large teams, it is incredibly important, the quality of people that you have in your team, but it is so hard to find those people. When we each became parents and realised that out of our own individual experience, our own need, we needed flexibility We realised that when we are building our teams, we're only going to people who are looking for full-time work. We're excluding millions of people who could be helping us to grow the business, hit our targets, bring diversity to the team, all this sort of thing. And they're just, we're just not reaching them. And guess what? Even last week, I did a search of professional roles in the Australian market and only 0.44% were advertised as part-time. So think about all the talent that organisations are missing out on. It's incredible, right? So there is a huge economic opportunity for those organisations, but also for Australia, Mm. who's missing out on billions of dollars of GDP growth. On the other side, for talent, for the people who are these qualified people who need to work full time, it's a very real and personal challenge. What, to find employment? Yeah. Yep. So are you guys old mates, school friends, mother's club? How did it work? Uni friends. So we met... Dance floor friends. Yeah, about 1am in the morning. No, no, we, we did at Melbourne Uni and um, we basically headed off on our career trajectories and ended up travelling overseas together and then when we moved back separately ended up in Sydney. And so we also had... This is just very weird. We also had uh, three kids around the same time, so they're similar ages. They're exactly the same ages. They're four, six and eight. All right. You're de facto (laughs) sisters, really, (laughs) in life and in business. (laughs) That's right. So it was interesting, though, because when we did have that challenge and we faced that sort of binary decision of all in or all out on the career, we both faced it at a very, very similar time. And that's where we sort of came together and said we have to change this story because what we're experiencing is what so many thousands and millions of other people are experiencing. And not only here in Australia as well. I mean, we called ourselves Beam Australia, but ultimately we want to, you know, help people globally because it is a challenge. You know, the way that we're working now is very different to the way that the work construct and the Industrial Revolution work model was set up over 100 years ago. Well, we're supposed to be working a 40-hour week and I don't know one person in my world that works a 40-hour week anymore. I think we're starting to see the fallout from all of that because people are working so hard Mm. and all the tools of the trade these days make us accessible 24-7. So our days just stretch on and on. Exactly. We've gone, we're force-fitting an industrial revolution work model into a digital age, right? And we're always on, always connected, and we're overworked and exhausted. And the implication is the skyrocketing mental health issues, even physical issues. Mm. You know, we talk about even fertility issues can be challenges because often, and, you know, Steph's experience was that it was, there was stress and overwork. 
you know, there's a lot of talk about underemployment and that is certainly an issue in some sectors of the workforce. But another big area is overemployment. And what you were just describing then is this overemployment epidemic that we have. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How did you come up with the name Bean? It's a great question. Well, we wanted to really show that we were beaming a light on hidden talent. And so that obviously represents all of these talent pools that we've talked about. But also the fact that if we're successful in doing this, that people are having more balanced lives and obviously the connotation of the balance beam. And then the really cheesy part of it is beam is a really positive term. And so we'd love to have the feeling that someone is beaming once they've been working with us or had the experience with beam. So you're clearly a couple of years old and based on your recent results, which is over a million, $1.2 million, you're clearly successful. What sorts of companies are you talking to and what's the take-up rate been like? The companies we're speaking with are all fast adopters, I'd say. They're people who want to be better, want to change the way that they work to be ready for the future and they're the individuals in the company. So there's a whole range of organisations but it's those individuals who really want to make a change and either leave a legacy for a sort of social purpose perspective or they just want to be smarter about the way they work, get work done. In terms of um, the two sides of our business, on the marketplace side, so on the job side, it's really high growth, young SMEs. It's people like Car Next Door, Arcastar, uh, Modi Body, the Tomco, you know, Tom Organic and stuff like that, who are just fast growth and want to get great capability in and just run. On the consulting side, when we're talking about role design and organisational design, that's the large organisations who are really needing to change big structures within their organisations and to try and... Uh, Redesign the way they think. That y- takes time. Yeah, but they do need to have a genuine intent to overcome this challenge that at sort of manager level, females in their business just fall off a cliff. They exit the organisation or they don't ever progress. With all the wealth, wisdom, knowledge that they have, it's disappearing from the marketplace. So this is one way to lasso them back in. That's right. And it's not good for business and it's not good for those people. So there just has to be a better way. Um, We would love to see more organisations getting on board. So there needs to be the intent And they need to be willing to really change the way that they think about doing business. And if they've got that, then the world's their oyster. So is it the chicken or the egg? Does the staff member come to you looking for further employment or do the companies come first? Which way does it work mostly? We have an amazing pool of talent and often we get a lot of referrals from within that pool who are, you know, really, as Steph was saying, wanting to stand up and, you know, make a change in their own organisation And so that's where we get a lot of advocacy. And then you've got the people who've heard about BEAM and, you know, really like the concept and want to be that change agent within their organisation as well. 
So it does drive from both directions in terms of chicken or the egg. But certainly the way that this we solve that problem as a, as a country is by having more employers providing more of these flexible work, work options that means that we're creating more employment opportunities. And, you know, I think that the other thing to note is it's not part-time or full-time. Part-time is an opportunity to create more employment. It's incremental roles into the economy because often people will think about bringing in someone to their organisation at two days a week or three days a week because they absolutely will not be able to afford them at five days a week. So from an economic point of view, this is a huge opportunity to create more of that GDP and productivity within in Australia. Can you put a dollar figure on it for me in terms of economic contribution that we're missing out on? Yeah, I think um, if we saw gender equity in terms of participation, then it's $32 for Australia's economy. But I tell you, even through BEAM, as we've been establishing the business, we have added more than $14 million of incremental income to the economy. And when people say there are simply no women qualified to do these senior roles, we offer only senior roles, right, mid to senior level roles, and 89% of successful candidates are female. So when you open up different ways of working, part-time, flexible work, you see this huge, incredible um, talent pool that has that economic benefit to Australia. Roughly on any given month, how many people would you have on your books and how many companies have you, are you currently consulting to to try to you know, marry both ends of the spectrum? So it's around 6,000 talent that we have on our books and in addition to that, we have about 1,000 businesses on our books at the moment and we're working with them in different ways as well. Yeah, so in terms of monthly activity, you know, we're generally placing around 20 to 30 roles a month. But we'd love to see that be 2,000 and not from our economic gain. We're a social enterprise. We're a B Corp. The opportunity is out there. We just need to make more connections. We need to find those businesses that are willing to think in a different way and that need to scale up and can't find the talent they need in all the usual places. Do you remember the moment when Kelly O'Dwyer said, after 13 years of experience as the Minister for Women, she was quitting, citing wanting to spend more time with family? Mm. Uh, I mean, that must have presented a golden opportunity for you when you're explaining what it is you do. We were crushed at that point for her. With demand? No, sorry. Well, yes, from talent and began, but we were crushed for her because there she was with a supportive prime minister standing behind her saying, we support her decision to leave. What about rescoping her role or actually figuring out how can this be done that we don't lose this incredible talent from our government? So we were on the phone, both standing in front of seeing that and just saying, we have to make this work at the highest possible levels. How many women have we seen exit government in the last year? So we are advisors to the Office for Women. It was actually Kelly O'Dwyer's office who invited us to be part of a panel and when Maurice Payne took on the portfolio, she actually invited a group of, I think it was around 20, 25 thought leaders, I guess, in Australia to come around a roundtable and she just listened to what was really happening. It's the first time that that's occurred and, and she's committed to doing that every quarter. That's really good to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was specifically around economic security. You know, I guess that's a lot of the premise of BEAM is around the more employment opportunities and the more that we can retain women in the workforce, the more that we have future economic security. 
And we're staring down the barrel of, you know, a real lack of that at the moment. And as you can see, there's more and more homelessness, particularly in the in females. And well, the face of Australian homelessness now is older women. Financial insecurity is the terrifying. biggest concern for women baby boomers. And this is the problem because they were either not given the opportunity to step in or they were forced to make that decision when they had kids of stepping out of the workforce. So we need to arrest this situation right now and arrest this fallout because there are implications that we're seeing now that have huge ramifications. And so that's why we were invited as part of that to say that part-time is ultimately a solution to retain these women in the workforce and give them economic security. And, you know, we can talk as much as we like about, you know, needing to teach people to look at their superannuation more. But the biggest thing is we need to have them employed in order to have superannuation. Mm. So this may be a much bigger issue as we look down the path of automation because most of those roles that are going to be affected are these customer service frontline roles that are typically done part-time and by women. And so with these waves of automation coming through, where are all those roles going to go? Yeah. One area I hadn't really considered is how you're really providing a fantastic platform for athletes. My God, they're incredible. We love hearing their stories and they're just so inspiring. There's one woman who is Indigenous and she's the first American NFL player who's an Australian woman and she needs to go over there for five months a year to play professionally but then she needs to come back for seven months. She's got three kids as well um, as a single parent and needs to find employment to fund her career and her family um, for seven months a year working flexibly. Have you been able to help yet? Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Okay. We're nearly you don't there. want to give but too yeah, much away. But no, but, um, you know, the vice captain of the New South Wales Swifts for netball is in marketing and communications and she's available right now. So what organisation is going to say, God, we could do with that two to three days a week in our business and think about all her influences, think about the high performance, the team aspect, the energy that she brings. The cultural, mm, the yeah. culture and, and the clever thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So partnering with Pickstar, which is this talent pool of athletes, gives us access to thousands of those profiles who are all incredible. You both have three kids. You both started out down this career path hoping to fill a gap in the marketplace and create an opportunity but where has it left you both as, as mums to three kids? Are you both now working full time and you lost your flexibility yourselves? We've definitely got the flexibility to work where and when we want, absolutely. In terms of hours, I don't think um, we've reduced our hours too much. But, you know, I guess what we do have is the passion behind this to, you know, work with our incredible team to drive this change. And honestly, it's just a pleasure to, to work every day with this team as well. So for us, whilst we have very much blurred the lines between business and our lives, but, you know, I think this is a really, I mean, we've really enjoyed this journey and kind of worked out a really nice rhythm for the way that we work. And we have respect for all of our employees who work part-time to however they want to work, we'll accommodate that, obviously. Well, you can hardly be promoting permanent part-time work and not set up that internally. Absolutely. You've got roughly a dozen staff, 10 staff, and about 25% of them are male. Is it a national workforce? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We're just, we have Marimbula, Central Coast, Melbourne. We've had Perth. Yeah, so it's wherever. So we all work virtually and use Zoom video 
a lot. So we've had to really innovate on our work rhythms and communication and so on. But we just did a little engagement pulse check and yeah, engagement's more than 90%. Everyone in our team tells us it's the best place they've ever worked. They feel more engaged and connected to the team than ever, which is just, I mean, I'm, I think we're really, really proud of that. But also it just shows that it can be done when people don't even... Some people we don't even meet when they start working with us for six months. Now, Steph, you'd worked in New York, London, Melbourne, Sydney, with corporate finance at KPMG, um, Victoria. You'd worked at Google Australia, worked overseas as well. You're both mothers of three. You developed this concept that I think is just brilliant. Is it being replicated internationally? Have you found some soulmates around the globe? Well, on the talent side, the need is everywhere. Absolutely. Internationally, there's a huge kind of grassroots movement. You see the impact on health is talked about a lot in the US. In the UK, government's actually taken a real leading stance on policy. So, yeah, there are some incredible things happening, but I don't think anyone's really solved it. And I don't think we'll solve it until we see on the company side just organisations saying we're taking social responsibility and also doing the smart thing and actually going to invest in changing the way we work and also more men working part-time, reducing that overemployment, and actually being realistic about how we can make work sustainable for everyone. Your client list includes PwC, the ATO, the Mm. Reserve Bank. I mean, you are making inroads, Mm. which is pretty significant. It is. And we are absolutely working with organisations, you know, from government right through to, as Steph said, the small and high growth organisations as well. And I think continuously for us, it's going to be our focus on bridging the gap between policy and action. And I do think there's some work we can do at a more senior, sort of more government level around policy. So I think there are some changes that we can make to make flexible work more readily available outside of just carers and parents. Clearly getting your message out there is the critical thing and referrals are are significant. But if I tell someone, you know, a pretty big corporate that they should consider talking to Beam, before I recommend you, I want to know your elevator pitch is on the money, it's slick, it's smart and uh, it makes sense. Can you give me your elevator pitch? We understand the challenges of part-time, of flexibility for organisations and we understand that while people have the best intentions that it's really hard to make it work and that's why we're offering practical solutions, toolkits, platforms for people to be able to take those flexible workplace requests and say, yes, we can make that work in a way that we're still driving a high-performance culture. But you're also delivering the potential employees. Mm. The talent is game-changing. We see that again and again and again. So anyone who works with Beam will come back and say, I need to do more of that. How can I make more of my roles part-time? How can I get my hands on that talent? Do you specialise in any particular sectors? We've focused primarily on the professional commercial space and we've just recently gone more into allied health as well. But we started out in more niche and looking to support businesses with talent of a minimum of seven years experience and above. So no one on your books has any less than seven years experience in their field of expertise? Apart from our athletes. The most popular roles are in finance, HR, marketing and sales and some legal as well. So 
when you're looking for a sales, you know, a BDM or a sales leader, digital marketers, those skills, like the real people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and get on the tools as well as things strategically, they're amazing. They're just amazing. Lots of assets Lots sitting of out assets. there. Lots of assets. How did the rest of the recruitment world react when you guys popped up? So we're not necessarily recruiters, right? So we are connectors. We're connectors. That's right. In terms of how they responded to us, from a recruitment standpoint, I mean, the way that recruitment companies are set up is incentivizing them to put in people with the highest salaries. That's how they get commission. And so part-time naturally would not be a great space for them to play into. For us, I mean, that plays into our, you know, definitely as an advantage, but we're driven by the mission of creating more employment and more options and therefore creating more financial security. So that's why we wanted to create a platform that was scalable, that just facilitated as many connections as possible, and then ended up with the outcome of much greater employment. As I said, we're a a social enterprise. The way we measure our success is based on the incremental salaries that we've added to the economy and the incremental super savings for women from new jobs created, from part-time opportunities. And there are many individuals out there who have responsibility in organisations and they have influence who are able to support that mission and who are able to say we want to do the right thing as well as the smart thing. And I think that's really engaging for finding the best talent as well. I Mm. suspect one of the ways you're as successful as you are is because when you go into those big corporates, you bring to the table all of your own personal corporate experience. One thing that works to our advantage there is, and we love um, people from HR, but we're not from HR. So we've never done recruitment or anything like that. So we're really just looking from a business perspective and from a talent perspective and just trying to figure out what's the most practical way to bring these people together and to change the way that organisations think. Yeah, we also have an amazing team of consultants as well who are very skilled in this area of, you know, stakeholder engagement, breaking down the barriers and the, the lingo and then getting to the heart of the problem as well. But, you know, we're, we're also a new concept and this is an important topic for organisations to get right because it really is a talent risk. And, you know, as we look at a shortage of talent of 750,000 people next year of skilled workers, organisations need to think differently about how they're going to access new talent into their business. And for those who put their head in the sand and refuse to make change, they'll definitely have a flight risk. Already, I mean, certainly the nature of what we see at Beam is this talent brain drain from corporate into small businesses. And it's a great win for small businesses, but it's a huge risk that we're, we're literally seeing day in, day out. Well, I love what you guys do. It makes perfect sense to me. Best of luck on the journey of convincing the rest of corporate Australia that they need to listen up. Steph and Vic from Beam Australia, thanks so much for coming in and spending some time with Short Black. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks, Sandra. You have been listening to Short Black, a 10 News First podcast for 10 Speaks. To make sure you don't miss any of our great chats, subscribe in your favourite podcast app. Hughesy, we have a problem, the podcast. My name's Dave Hughes and like everyone else, I've got problems. All the best bits from the hilarious Network 10 TV show. (laughs) It's not right. Find it wherever you find your favourite podcasts. I love that as well. When I first started in TV, I went into the TV kicking and screaming, but uh, <laughs> they got me. I'm uh, just wondering, uh, I'd like to order a 
coffee. I'll, I, I've got a list here. I'd like a long black, uh, two flat whites. One of them skim with a sugar, uh, a raspberry and apple bread. I think. Hang and on. What? 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 What are you... Ra- raspberry and apple bread. What, what are you talking about? This is a podcast studio. What What do you... What do you mean? The sign says cafe. Oh, we forgot to take that down. This, but this is a podcast studio, all right? We're recording 10 Speaks podcasts in here. Well, I'll take one of those. All right. Well, we have The Professor and the Hack with Peter Van Onselen and Hugh Rimton, The Western Front. But this is this is definitely not a cafe. Okay. Do you feel like a silly person? A little, Yes. How long is this promo going? It's going on for quite some time now.